Hello and welcome to the St. Patrick's Day edition of the About a Ball podcast. I'm Luke O'Brien and I'm joined today by Conor McGrath. Hello. Oshie McLaugh. Hello. And Aidan Quigley. On today's show, Hello. we'll be reviewing the Six Nations ac- action from last weekend, the Champions League football, and for the week that's in it, we'll be discussing the greatest moments in modern Irish sporting history, in our opinions. But first, we'll give a quick roundup of all the sporting news you might have missed since you were last with us. Yes, sir. Right. Well, as you may or may not know, viewers, listeners, uh, Chris Wilder has recently been <laughs> sacked from Sheffield United. Uh, the reason for this is, well, at least what they, they said to the press, that he refused to work under a director of football, which is fair enough. I mean, in my opinion, it's an absolute disgrace that, uh, that he's, been, he's been sacked from Sheffield. This man, this man, they, he got him to win League One with 100 points. 100 points. He then got promoted to the championship where the next year they won the championship and got them promoted to the Premier League. Yeah, they came they second. Came, in the they came ninth, I believe, in their first season in the championship due to an injury, and then the next, the season after that, they uh, they got promoted. Who was injured? Jack Baldwin. Um, yeah, it was some midfielder. But um, <laughs> That's excuse me, back. please, please, <laughs> please, let me finish my uh, my speech. Um, anyway, so they've had a half bad season, and the management at Sheffield have decided that you know what, we're going to put a director over the manager, and have the manager work in a head coach position, which is an absolute disgrace. Um, so yeah, and Chris, Wild- Chris Wilder's gone, and now they're going to have uh, some fucking in- some interim manager to uh, to see them out for the rest of the season and see them into relegation. And in other news, the lineup for the Pro 14 final has been confirmed. Leinster and Munster secured their places in the final following wins against Ulster and Connacht, respectively. Final takes place on the 27th of March in the RDS. And the matchup will be CJ Sanders' last league appearance for Munster, where he'll be hoping to secure some silverware that he has missed out on so far in his time at Munster. Who do you think is going to win that Jesus, one? Luke? Good on him. Ah, oh, look, it's Leinster all the way. It's it's not even a competition. And is CJ Sanders reti- is he retiring then? <laughs> yeah. Yes, he's retiring. Uh, apparently, his wife didn't, didn't like Limerick. <laughs> can can <laughs> you blame just... her? Can you blame her? Fair enough. Uh, last week we were talking about yeah, UFC 259, uh, Jan versus Adesanya. It was, a, it was a good fight. It went down to a decision that Jan ultimately won to keep his belt. And I, I did say last week that if Adesanya could avoid the hits, uh, he'd win the fight, which he didn't. And subsequently lost the fights. <laughs> and he, he, he lost his first ever uh, UFC fight. He's now 20 and 1. And Jan is, uh, Jan is still. The light heavyweight champion. I don't know. Maybe, maybe there will be a, there will be a second bout in the near future. But it was it was a very good win for uh, Jan. He was very much the underdog in that fight. And what did you think of the second to last uh, fight on that card uh, between Jan and Sterling? It was it was uh, it was a disgrace, really, more more than anything. Uh, Jan was winning the fight in every round. Sterling was just trying to trying to just survive, really, and. Well, he gets Jan gets a bad call from his corner saying to knee him while he's on the ground. He knees him, which is an illegal kick. Uh, and Sterling very much overreact. It was it was a bad kick and very illegal, but he way overplayed how bad it actually was. Uh, it could have just been a points penalty. It could have been unless if Sterling hadn't. I think so. I think that's what I heard people say. But then and he but Sterling couldn't carry on, so it was a DQ. And so, not to be confused with Raheem Sterling. No, different Sterling. Uh, and 
Oh, I said a FIFA. Different yarn. Different, different uh, yarn as well. Different currency altogether. <laughs> <laughs> but the um, and then Sterling had to be carried off the uh, like he was being held up as he was being brought off the uh, out of the octagon after he threw the belt on the ground, uh, saying that this isn't how he wanted to win it. Games. It's gone soft. Yeah, uh, but there's there's people there's people that have been like uh, Ben Askren against uh, uh, Jorge Masvidal took one of the worst knees to the head in the first three seconds and he was knocked clean out and he could walk out of the octagon. Jan or Sterling never lost uh, consciousness and had to be carried out. And he said he doesn't want to. He did. That's not how he wants to win the fight. Yet he was celebrating with the belts like he had just put up the fight of his life. So. I think it's just a very poor decision, and it was a disgrace Aww. to the sport. Oh, very sad. Very. But uh, on slightly brighter news in the fighting world, uh, Fury Anthony Joshua looked like he'd be called off midweek, but uh, it now that's it's something now, I'm it's now back. In. Yeah, it's a two fight event. I'd love to see the fat man win. Um, I Tyson Fury is. I think he's a better. I think Anthony Joshua is technically a better boxer, but Fury, I think, will like he's. I don't see. I don't see him losing. They're both. They're both monsters. Tyson's are six nine and Fury's is or Tyson. Tyson six nine and Joshua's. Uh, what is he? Six, yeah, six, like six, they're they're both fucking mountains. But uh, uh, not to be confused with the mountain. No. That's another boxing match <laughs> uh, yeah. that will be taking place. When is that? In uh, November, I believe. November. November. Eddie Hall versus versus Thor Bjornsson. Don't miss it. Both of them are at 160 <laughs> kilos. But anyway, I'm I'm divulging. But, uh, from, from I, the Fury, I see. I, I don't even. I don't see Fury having the power, or uh, I don't see AJ having the uh, power to knock out Fury. Like uh, mm. Fury at his absolute worst, still got a draw against uh, Deontay Wilder. Uh, I, yeah, but none of them are any match for for Ryan Garcia. <laughs> that man, that man is is on another planet, yeah, another level. Yeah, he <laughs> cheats cheats on his wife on the weekdays and then beats up people on the weekends. He's, he, oh, he's uh, the champion. <laughs> the Ireland's women's hockey team uh, secured a significant drawn series over Great Britain. Uh, their three game friendly series was used as a warm up for Tokyo, where both teams will be competing in the same group. The first match took place on Saturday with Ireland narrowly losing 2-1. They overcame that to win the next fixture uh, on Sunday 2-1. And then they drew the last match of the series 1-1, falling to a late equaliser from Great Britain. But all in all, it was a great result. Over to the States now and the PGA Tour. Uh, last week, we saw Bryson win at Bay Hill. And then, of course, last week... Um, Justin Thomas winning by one shot, but I think really the resurgence, the biggest story is the resurgence of Lee Westwood in those last couple of weeks. Um, of course, race of the boy winner last year, and then bringing his way back up again, we could see him on playing Ryder Cup even at the end of this year, which would be quite a surprise. Um, again, over in the NFL, Drew Brees announces his retirement. Most passing yards in the history of the NFL. 20 seasons, one of the longest careers in the history of the sport. And a quote from him is, not a goodbye, rather a new beginning. So that's, that's it. That's it. <laughs> I think he might even have signed a broadcasting deal already with uh, things at CBS or Fox over there. So we'll be hearing him on the NFL broadcast for a while to come, I think. All right, let's get on to the yeah. Six Nations now. Um, 
We'll start it off, I guess, with the the, the the big match, the one that everyone cares about, really. No one really cares about the other matches. Scotland versus Ireland. Um, anyone got any, any opinions on that? Uh, yeah, that was a 27-24 oh. win for Ireland. And um, I think it goes to show Sexton's experience proves invaluable again. You know, he's been knocked a lot over the last year, 18 months. He's you know, had a people... fair few uh, head injuries, you're right. Well, not even in uh, that sense, but people saying he's old, <laughs> people saying he, he doesn't really deserve to be in the team anymore, should be putting out the young guns. But, you know, he steps up with whatever it was, 75 slotted, minutes on the clock. and Slotted the winning kick. Yeah. There were a lot of surprisingly poor performances. Okay, now, it. let's not forget about the main... Okay, Sexton, you know, he was he was all right. But there's a main standout performance in that Scotland versus Ireland match. And it came from a man known locally as Tyler. <laughs> An absolute Furlong. beast of a man. <laughs> the double side stuff. Yeah, fly like a butterfly, sting like a bee, kind is of like, he, you know, he, He's, uh, he's an absolute uh, unit, and then he, he's got the, the feet of a, of a twinkle toe dancer. You know, because <laughs> Gary Ringrose forgot how to do his job. Tyler Furlong Russell was, was just left for dead. Like, uh, he's a man that yeah. big. <laughs> he, he should not be stepping you so easily. Like, it was a wonder yeah. to see. It's amazing, really. And, you know, interestingly enough in that match, I thought even though Ireland won, I thought that their kicking strategy was just all over the place. I think their box kicking too much. Um, Even look at the last two minutes, you know, they were three points up. Two minutes on the clock, they were pretty much in midfield. They should have just held on to the ball. But you see Gibson Park, he, he box kicked it three times away. Where Scotland, you know, they've got a good counter attack. They could easily have run down the pitch, and once they got into Ireland's half, they could have easily won a penalty, and you know, kicked it to the corner. Or if they were going for a draw, they could have gone for posts, and that could have been the game. Um, is, uh, is Gibson playing because because uh, Conor Murray's injured? Uh, not quite. I think he was there in the last game on merit because I think Conor Murray is they're easing him back from injury, but I think if he needed to, he probably could have played in that game. And he had a good performance against Italy, but personally, I don't think, um, certainly the match against Scotland, I don't think he was up to international standard. Uh, on, yeah. on that I'm, point, sorry, can I just say, you have to think... I don't think Gibson Park can tackle. They're, they're the, one of the, one, one of, one of the Scotland tries, he did, he did what um, I did for about seven years playing rugby, where you make it look like you tried to tackle. Without actually tackling, he flung <laughs> his arms toward. That, that was one of my specialties. Was, I think it was all of our specialties. <laughs> uh, he <laughs> oh, he flung his arms towards the man and made no real attempt to uh, to make any sort of tackle. And I've seen him do it before, so I'm convinced that he can just not tackle. Was that a, was that the Finn Russell try? That absolute sh- that shambles of a try where the ball was bouncing around left, right, and center. Was was that was that to do? That was, that yeah. was disgraceful. Well, I think there there are many people at fault in that try. You know, James Lowe again showing his uh, defensive lapses. James Lowe had he, a he didn't have a good game mayor. either. Gary Ringo's had a mayor. Uh, and then it was a yeah, they were lucky to win. They, they were, I think, they they were lucky to to hold on because when you look at Scotland, they had the moment. If you look at the stats as well, the missed tackles were something ridiculous. Um, I think Ireland had like twenty two and Scotland had like five or something stupid like that. Like it was just a shambles. That's really. all that matters. They got over the line. Sure, I, sh- I should have been playing instead of James Lowe. God. Get, get me on the pitch. Blew so, yeah. a 14 point lead, which doesn't really happen that often. And in another tight, tight victory uh, over the weekend, we had England versus France. England being the victors on this occasion uh, on a scoreline at 23 to 20. We saw evidence that Antoine Dupont is, in fact, human. 
uh, knocking the ball on in the 79th minute, uh, you know, crucially when France were building their attack in England's half. Uh, McGraw, what did you think of that game? Uh, I actually didn't watch it. I was working. That that is just. <laughs> I said I said this. Too. You watch Aiden. What do you think it. of that? I heard it, I heard a had a had an outstanding performance. Toje was much improved um, compared to what he was against Wales. <laughs> you know, against Wales, he was giving away a lot of penalties. Uh, he did still give away a couple in this match, but he was just all over the pitch and came up with the winning try for England as well. Mm. Um, the future is in good hands in England. But that's not a good thing. But like uh, you know, for us at least. The future's in good hands in France, definitely, as well. Like, they have a very young side. And I, I actually think they should have won was, on I was going to be certain they are going to. England. Yeah. And uh, they're playing a different kind of breed of rugby. I mean, they had a one-phase a phase try from a line-out, where they go from they, the line-out they did, to the They did a lovely set-piece move. <laughs> Which doesn't really happen nowadays. Finish so. off by uh, Damien Penno in the corner. And, you know, just goes to show their attack. They can strike from anywhere. Um, really exciting team to watch. They just love playing running rugby, but they have a strong kicking game as well. Yeah, it was a brilliant match to watch. And yeah. the last match that we haven't talked about Speaking yet. Speaking of a team whose future isn't too bright, yeah, Italy, Italy versus yeah, Wales. Yeah, that was another trouncing for Italy, uh, forty-eight-seven to Wales, and Wales <laughs> now setting up a Grand Slam decider next week against France in the Stade de France. That should be an interesting one. Should be. Italy, I mean, I just, I just, I've said it once, I said it again. I just feel sorry for them. They're just so bad. I mean, I, I say on if they played in, like, like obviously second tier two teams, obviously they do a bit better. But in the Six Nations, they're just getting just bummed every day or every every year. Like they're it, coming ridiculous. up against some of the best in the world. I, I do feel sorry for them. Like some of the best players that play rugby at the minute, and they're just nowhere near that level. Like they. They they do have a relatively young team at the moment, so you'd hope that this experience will stand to them. But I I don't I don't understand. They always seem That's to have true. a young team. It's they're it's, always they're always one. For oh, the they're just developing, you know. And then and then five years down the line, they still have a young team. Yeah, it's you know, always it's, always it's next year, the year after. It was like it was Never like comes. Liverpool fans for thirty years. Right. Next year will be our year. <laughs> and on that note, Shane, 30 years. on that note, we will change and look at the Champions League round of sixteen. A uh, number of first side clashes that took place during the week. Uh, Liverpool, Leipzig. First of all, McGrath and Aiden, I understand you would have been watching that. Yeah, one. Uh, I was. It was. It was an interesting. Like uh, I think Thiago was robbed of one of the greatest assists of all time. It could, it could have been. Could have been. Um, Sadio Mane gave his best effort to uh, head the ball backwards. Uh, <laughs> After Thiago that played a, uh, a scissor yeah. kick ball from his own half, about 35 yards up to Salah, Salah one on one stuffed it right into the goalkeeper. So it's it's just, it just kind of summed up. Chicken it just kind of summed up how Liverpool were, the form had been, where they were where they they were they were doing everything they can to get in front of goal, but when they were in front of goal, they couldn't do anything after that. You have to feel they kind of lost a bit of. Um... Yeah, chemistry in the front three, especially with, uh, Mane between them with the Mane having but, um... probably one of his worst seasons at Liverpool, if not his worst season at Liverpool. Firmino, yeah. Firmino has yeah. had its has had its had his moments this season, but he's to be fair. I, I think most of that team is having their worst season at Liverpool so yeah. far. because it's his first. Technically, it is Jota's worst season first at season. Liverpool, though. Like, um, but I feel like <laughs> it all does stem down to Van Dijk leaving. Uh, or not leave, going out injured. So it's 
I think all things considered, to still be in the Champions League quarterfinals, five points off uh, the top four, it's not it's not too poor. If we if, do, you think we'll see yeah. a repeat of twenty uh, twenty nineteen? Will Will Liverpool just abandon the well, league and go for well, go for a European qualification? No, it's not. It's, the league isn't gone on them. Uh, because they can still get top four, but uh, the tenor in my Betfair or Bet three six five account is really hoping that uh, Liverpool win the Champions League. Um. <laughs> oh, I just had a, I just had a, a vision <laughs> of sitting in a pub on the first of June, pint of Foster's, enjoying a fresh pint, and watching an actual football. Yeah, I watched. Uh, <laughs> I watched... Oh my god, that'll be some game between Bruce Dortmund and Porto. Yeah, oh god. Uh, but I, I do, I, I do think Liverpool have a good chance. If um, <laughs> like I think they, the only chance they have of winning it is if PSG come up against Man City. Because I feel like they, yeah. they won't be able to take the, um, they won't be able to take either of them, or like if they won't be if they have if they end up playing both, then yeah. they'll lose one of the games. But I feel like and City on an right. off day and PSG on an off day in the final could could go Liverpool's way. Borussia Dortmund also played uh, Sevilla 2-2. Uh, Erling Haaland had a, a masterclass game, as as is, is yeah. almost the norm now for, for the youngsters. He's shown he's getting more and more comfortable on the big stage. And I mean, to be fair, be I, think, for a good I think he showed he was comfortable on the main stage while still playing at RB Salzburg. He's He has scored, like, what, 20 Champions League goals in 14 games? No, that's only off the top yeah. of my head. So not, yeah, so yeah. Uh, could, you see ha- could you see Haaland going anywhere? Uh, in the summer, um, I think not this summer. I think it's inevitable the summer after. It's it's next summer it's, that it's his 60, uh, his release clause activated. Sixty five million. Yeah, I think it's sixty five or seventy. I mean, Borussia Dortmund they could come in offer him a new contract before then yeah. try and take the release clause out. Uh, it's just a case of whether Haaland sees his future in Dortmund. I mean, you know, sees them as realistic European contenders. I mean, I don't think Dortmund Dortmund have their years where they're contending for that season but then they sell their best talents like I don't know who who's let it happen but Lewandowski went on a free they might let Haaland go for 60 million when arguably he could be closer to 150 million like, they let go of Hummels and Dembele yeah though. whoever I mean Dembele they sold for 85 or 90 million wasn't it I think could have been over 100, 100 oh really is that high gee he's been shot but like uh, whoever yeah, whoever's doing their contracts needs to stop putting those kind of ridiculous clauses in there or else Dortmund will never like Sancho looks like he might be out the door as well if they lose Sancho and Haaland they, they have no chance really well the main main sort of negotiation point last summer with United was they're trying to make the point that they're not a selling club anymore you know they're they're hanging on to Sancho and that's why they demanded I think it was 110, 115 million for him when United with only stretched to 100 million. So there seems to be a change of attitude around there at the moment. Uh, but it should be interesting to see whether they hold on to Haaland or not. Mm-hmm. If if Haaland was to leave, where, where do you think he's going? Arsenal. I mean, there's only one club that would suit a man <laughs> of, his, of his class. Die in a, a mid-table Premier League side. That'd be funny, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, anyway... Juventus versus Porto. Um, 2-2 after extra time. That, well, that, that was heartbreaking for Ronaldo. That is his... Uh, that probably yeah. is European dreams at uh, Juventus are over now. Yeah. 
Zidane mentioned that uh, it might be a possibility that he could be coming back to um, the Bernabeu hmm. in the that summer. The yeah. That's I thought he to America, to be honest. You know, he's, he's been to... I, I, I heard rumours of Inter-Miami linking up with uh, former teammate uh, David Beck. Bexy. Mm. Yeah. I don't think anyone has ever called him Bexy. Oh, I just started. I just started. Well, now no, 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 I've started. <laughs> <laughs> but they, but this this uh, I, I put this in, I said this to you lads I, like I, I said the the away goals rule I, I it's kind of it's kind of weird is it unfair to have away goals rule for 120 minutes in the second leg and 90 minutes in the first leg because Juventus were knocked out on away goals when the when the away goal was scored in extra in extra time. And that's that's an extra half an hour that Juventus didn't have for uh, away goals. And I just wonder, lads, what's your opinion on that? Like, do you think that's realistically fair on the team, or is it all just kind of luck of the draw? Like, it could have gone the other way. Well, for it's Juventus. an extra half an hour of home advantage that they have. Um, you know, they don't get that extra half an hour on the away leg to score away goals. But I don't know. You'd have to wonder. You know, is that home advantage more valuable than the extra half an hour they'd have for again an away leg? Or you know, should they should they just have it ninety minutes, ninety minutes, and then extra time? It's just whoever has most goals, free for free for all. Yeah, I, I I reckon that would be the best best approach too, because then like it's very rare that a team gets like Porto won, lost, and drew this game all at the same time. So the 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 chances of it happening are are rare, where they they score the away goal that, that wins them the game in extra time, but. On this case, it's just unfortunate for Juventus, but I think maybe abol- not abol- like abolishing it in the uh, in extra time. It might be the best option, but like at the end of the day, they are it is still a goal away from home. So I think it might be it'd also be unfair if they took that rule away, and say if it cost Porto that game. Mhm. Um, PSG Barcelona. Unfortunately, Barcelona are now gonzo, which means that uh, it's the first time without uh, Messi and Ronaldo in the quarterfinals since whatever the uh, 2004-2005 season, if my knowledge serves me correctly. And uh, might I add, the uh, the last time that happened, do you know who won that? Uh, you know who won that Champions oh, League? Oh, Jesus! Tell, tell us, Maria, oh, let tell me us. think. Actually, I think it was AC Milan. In Istanbul, so. yeah, I mean they were three 0 up at half time, so I don't know how they won the last. It must have been, yeah. Anyway, so that so it was obviously Liverpool that won that in uh, Istanbul. <laughs> the final this year is in Istanbul. Oh, it's it's, it's, it's written in the stars. Where is AC Milan though? That's the problem. Uh, they're about to knock uh, Man United out of the. Europa well, League. I I wouldn't speak. So <laughs> speaking of. Speaking of the Europa League, Arsenal 3-1 versus Olympiacos. Now, I know we said we'd be talking about the Champions League, but, you know, we can't leave out the, the more prestigious... Uh, no, I honestly didn't pay attention. The after after, after, after the North London derby win, they deserve uh, yeah, Ars- a bit of break. Arsenal 3-1 against Olympiacos in the first leg. So, th- these are the lads who beat us, whatever, a year or two ago in, in the final. So, it's uh, good to get a bit, a bit of retribution. Uh, so, that was just for, for any of the Arsenal fans listening, you know... Just, just the one out there, you know who yeah. you are. <laughs> and it's time now for the Who Got the Assist Fantasy Pick of the Week, presented by myself. Uh, this week, I've gone with Jesse Lingard uh, on loan at West Ham United. He is coming in at six point one million uh, on the official Fantasy Premier League website at the time of recording, 
And I think he's a great pick because he has been averaging 7.3 points per game since joining West Ham, which is just a phenomenal rate of scoring. Uh, he's possibly on penalties there. I missed his last one, scored on the rebound. So it remains to be seen if he'll be given the responsibility going forward. Uh, they have a favourable home fixture coming up in blank game week 29 uh, at home to Arsenal. And their fixtures following that aren't too bad either. They've got uh, Wolves away, Leicester at home, Newcastle away, Chelsea at home, and then Burnley away. So I think he could be a really good asset to bring into your team if you're looking for a sort of a cheap enabler who could get you points every week or every second week. So we'll turn our attention now to the PGA Tour and the Players' Championship uh, took place last week and sometimes referred to as the fifth major. Uh, Justin Thomas was victorious, uh, shooting 14 under par, winning by two shots. Aidan, what did you think of it? Well, it's good for, for Justin. He lost his grandfather uh, about a month ago, and I think that hit him pretty bad. I think he, w- he was um, one of the ones that was, was a bit affected harsh. more by Tiger's car crash as well. Yeah, the interviewer asked him some tough questions. It's a bit harsh, and he started, uh, he started crying a bit. I saw that was a bit harsh, but and then uh, of course Lee Westwood is another big talking. Point. Yeah, he. Uh, I could have sworn he he's was really coming into form at the moment. Um, you know, it's the second week in a row where he's had the fifty-four hole lead, and he's gone on to lose it for the second week in a row. At least it's still and there. Though, Rory McIlroy again. He's just all over the place this week. Um, he, and of course, he did uh, say in an interview that, you know, he's sort of been trying to do what Bryson does. He's chasing his swing speed, um, and he's sort of changing his swing doing that. And he says that he hasn't. He's trying to rein it back in, but he hasn't quite gotten the parts of swing down that he wants to. But I mean, it's seen him fall now to eleventh in the world, first time in a long time that he's fallen outside the world top ten. Yeah, it's a Bryson effect, I suppose. Um. He should just stick to his own game, really. Um, I mean, Bryson's long, but so is Rory. Bryson's I mean, yeah, you look at long. Lee Westwood is, <laughs> is playing very well, and he's not a long hitter by any means. I feel like Rory does this sometimes, where he kind of just gets on a little fad and tries to change stuff, and then he's screwed for two years and doesn't win a major. I, or anything, I know. Is so. he in, has a relationship gone bad for him? Because I feel like that happens a lot when um, as, as far as I know, they're still bad. going quite strong. Yeah, maybe he, not. He maybe, welcome, maybe behind closed doors, his, uh, his daughter into the world uh, earlier in yeah. the year, earlier He's in twenty twenty. No, it's not when uh, with Maria Sharapova. Well, first of all, he was they, going uh, out with Carlin not with... so I'm not sure. Sorry, that's the one. That's the one. That's relationship was with Sharapova. She was full on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it ruined it. Ruined like he couldn't. He was shied for like two years after they broke up. Well, I mean, he just had a son, and he's pretty hardly happily married, so. Well, when he, uh, well, yeah, I, I was, I was once told I had a, I had a swing like Roy McIlroy. I went, I had, I got a golf lesson once, and I was like twelve, and the, the pro was like, "Yeah, no, you, your swing's very similar to Roy McIlroy." And then that as well. I thought that was, I thought I was like, you know, maybe I actually am a good golfer. And then my mum, my dad, and my brother, and one of my friends got the same lesson, and he said the same thing to everyone. He said it to everyone that uh, your swing oh, looks like Roy McIlroy. Well, I've, I've been, I've and been it, compared uh, to Jim Furyk. Anyone who's seen uh, Jim Furyk's swing will know that's not much of a compliment. And his face. Yeah, it really isn't. 
So we'll Sorry. move on to right. the main part of the show. Why did you just be mean to No, I've been mean to Luke. So we'll move on now to the main part of the show uh, where we'll be discussing our top five greatest modern Irish sporting moments, modern being from the year 2000 or later, because, you know, it's all great hearing about Italia 90 or USN, USA 94, but really the majority of us, all of us and the majority of our listeners won't have been around for that. We won't remember it. Sure, we've seen videos, but we decided it would be be better to talk about the modern moments that we've lived through. And uh, we, we, got a, we got a few uh, inputs from a few of the listeners. Uh, so I've just picked out uh, my favourite six here. Ocean, uh, Ocean, I'll start with your one, will I? Uh, o- Ocean himself. Uh, well, that, that, was an, that was an anonymous so Sorry, sorry, anonymous. sorry. It was anonymous. It was anonymous. <laughs> Uh, I'm just reading it here now for the first time. I haven't read it yet, so I obviously don't know what it is. Uh, yeah. McGrath dropping a 30 bomb and getting a victory royale in Warzone. Oh, who put that in oh. there? Who put that in there? Oh. Uh, anyway. Um, e-sports. I mean, yeah. e-sports is e-sports, still sports. E-sports, it's, yeah, it's got sports in it. Uh, uh, now, okay, I'll go on to some of the serious ones. Well, I want your opinions on whether you think it's uh, uh, one of the greatest moments. That was legendary, I think. I mean, I, I, I mean it was, that it was legendary. Whoever, whoever, whoever played with, with McGrath. Was, <laughs> it must have uh, been class. Uh, <laughs> anyway, okay, the ladies Irish hockey team uh, reaching the uh, world uh, world was it World Cup or World Championship final? Where it was the world Cup, oh yeah, yeah, World Cup final. Oh, now yeah. I'm going to put my input into this I first. That. I do think it goes down as the greatest because I, I I do not care for hockey, and I was watching the semi final against Spain. Like, I think that's the only World Cup final Ireland has ever been in in pretty much anything. Yeah, um, maybe. <laughs> no, I think uh, we might have a snooker title in there. I could be wrong. Oh, okay. Uh, pub sports don't count as sports, and I'll stick that that <laughs> opinion to the day I don't. Team sport, team sport, but, um, team sport. I th- I think it was it was one that I think every Irish person was was cheering on the cheering on the girls. Was it in it was in London? It wasn't? was in uh, Lee Valley. And yeah. I I do not know a single thing about hockey, but I had a few friends over. Oh. And we were watching the final, and we were going crazy with with uh, someone did a Penenka the... a Penenka penalty in hockey, and. And the Dutch scored those six. Yeah, goals. we don't talk. Oh, we don't talk brilliant. about the final. We don't talk about the final itself. <laughs> and then uh, another one. Uh, I know. I know the suggestion was Shane Long's goal against Germany. Uh, that that brought us into the Euros. Great mm. goal. Uh, classic Ireland long ball hoof from uh, Randolph, all the way up to Long. Put a pass Neuer. I I just don't know. Realize I went mental when that goal went in. <laughs> and uh, the the last three are. Um, are all rugby related? Uh, because the, the sport we're the best at. Uh, two thousand and nine Grand Slam. Oh, legendary! Uh, Ireland versus New Zealand in Chicago, twenty sixteen. No, that doesn't mm-hmm. count. <laughs> uh, what? That's that's, that's right. just not up there. That's, Why not? Answer. I mean, it was all right. Like any rugby match that happens in America between like non-American sides, just doesn't count. But it's, it's the first time Ireland ever beat New Zealand. A, it was a valid yeah, match. yeah, but they always just send over their. They always just send over their B Tech squads. No, yeah, they were they they two strong squads. They were two very strong. And it didn't squads. count for anything either. However, the the autumn international in twenty nineteen, Ireland versus New Zealand. That, oh, that's so that's that, that's 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 a whole different friendly. That's a different friendly. So that that actually matters. No, it's an autumn international. Yes, I, it's I, a I, glorified I think you'll friendly. find that it was an autumn international in Chicago as well. Yeah, but it's oh, yeah, if, yeah, Ocean, you're wrong. It was, <laughs> it was a fantastic. It was a great day for Irish sport. Or Irish rugby, anyway. And then the last one was um, 
Ireland beating England and Twickenham to win the Grand Slam on Paddy's Day 2018. So we've we've heard oh, what our listeners think. Um, McGraw, what are your top five greatest moments? Okay. Now, I, I, I said one of these. I said my number one to Aiden, and he very much disagreed with me. But maybe, Robbie maybe Brady's we'll go, goal we'll against go, Italy. We'll go um, five, to, five to first. Five, okay, five to first. Okay. Yeah, so start again. Um, well, my five, uh, mine had the, included the uh, Women's Hockey World Cup final. That was my number five. Uh, the Shane Long goal against um, Germany was my number four. Uh, K. Taylor's gold, uh, world, uh, was it Olympic medal. Uh, the the eighteen Grand yes. Slam, the O'Donovan's Olympic silver. I think I'm about to name six, but anyway. Uh, and then Robbie Brady's <laughs> goal versus Italy is my number one. It's the stupidest. It, okay, uh, yeah, you know what? That, that's Let me, the worst list. No, ever. it's not. That is so they all mean something to me. I and I think they're. I think they're the. That's the amazing. That's amazing. Okay, so you Mark, were probably drunk during all of them. No, I, I, I wasn't. Oh, I, I was an Irish college for Brady. For Katie Taylor's on now in 2012. Yeah, <laughs> they didn't know my name. Oh, she might be your top five. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you for asking. Uh, coming in at fifth place was the O'Donovans winning the silver medal in the Rio Olympics 2016. Uh, partially because of obviously the silver medal, but also partially because of the, their amazing interview, which is just hilarious, which is on YouTube. Um, then, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to explain it. It's, but it, if, if you haven't seen it, look up a Donovan Brothers interview. Put like a dog and hope funny. for the best. <laughs> um, next, uh, number four, Katie Taylor, gold medal in London 2012. Uh, a great ambassador for not only Irish sports, but also women's sports. Uh, number three, I'd have to choose um, probably yeah Six Nations 2009. Uh, great win, Brian, Adri- Brian Driscoll captaining Ireland to to a Six Nations win. First one in God was it like fifteen it was years? Six, something, first years? It was a while anyway. in sixty years. Yeah, sixty years. It's a while. Uh, number two then is Ireland getting this is one I can't believe McGrath left out. But Robbie, but Robbie Brady's goal against Italy didn't put this in. Was Ireland getting to the quarterfinals of the World Cup in two thousand and two? Oh yeah, uh, yeah I thought yeah, I thought we were doing I thought we were doing our, our greatest Irish moments. So like I I believe it or not, lads, I did not watch that World Cup when I was uh, nine I months old. I remember like it was yesterday. I remember. Oh, Ocean, like you were like two months like old when that World Cup started. I closed my eyes and I can still see Saipan and Roy Keane walking out. Like it was yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Should have won that anyway, World Cup. Should have won that World Cup. Without further ado, my number one was Ireland versus New Zealand 2019. Because not only was I no, there that, for that's it, the main reason. And the atmosphere oh, was electric. For you. Uh, yes, for, for me. But it was also just uh, it was just such a good win. The we I, I believe is that was the game when the everyone was seeing the fields of Athenry. As uh, as New Zealand performed their hacker, and it just just everything was just so electric, and then we got the the dub in and the end. And don't forget well. that Jacob Stockdale, it was just amazing Jacob Stockdale, Jacob Stockdale's try, think over the back, yeah. collected it. Oh, that was huge! I remember that. Yeah, I mean, I was quite far away from it at the time, but it it it, it was uh, I was literally the other side of the stadium. But it was it was yeah, it was just amazing. Um, and it's so much better than 2016 America win because obviously that didn't count. I'll go ahead with my top <laughs> uh, five now. So yeah. in fifth, I have, um, unlike the others, I've gone with the semi-final from the Irish ladies hockey performance in 2018 at the World Cup. 
the uh, the final didn't go too well, even though the the girls did as proud. But I think the twenty eighteen, the semi final win on penalties against Spain was uh, a great moment. Then fourth place of Katie Taylor, uh, the Olympic gold medal in twenty twelve. Third place, I have Shane Long's goal versus Germany. Um, I think that was probably of greater significance than Robbie Brady's goal against Italy. Um, then in second place, one which hasn't been mentioned yet, is Shane Lowry winning the Open in 2019. Uh, winning it on Irish mm. soil, um, which was a fantastic achievement. Um, and then in first place, I have gone with the 2018 Irish Rugby Grand Slam in Twickenham against England on St. Patrick's Day. I don't think that there is any moment that could carry more significance, uh, both historically and in a sporting sense, uh, than that win. I'd have it ahead of both the New Zealand wins, just uh, in the sense that, you know, Ireland were always building towards that New Zealand win. It was going to happen eventually. I think that 2018 Grand Slam win really solidified um, that Irish team as one of the best of all time um, and it capped off what was a phenomenal tournament for them. And Aiden, last but not least. Interesting. Well, I actually have that win against England uh, as my number five, interestingly. Then... Number four, I have Padraig Harrington's win at the Open in 2007. He was the first Irishman to win, the, to win a major since 1947. It was a complete rarity. And it kind of inspired the generation of golfers we've had since then. then my third place is Katie Taylor winning the gold medal in 2012 because you don't really win many gold medals, pretty much. And then number two is Shane Larry winning the Open in 2019. I think that's a complete once-in-a-lifetime occurrence. Uh, an Irishman winning a major on Irish soil will never, ever happen again. And I didn't think it would ever, ever happen. And then my number one is Ronan O'Gara's drop goal in 2009. It's just an incredibly iconic moment and kind of gave us the Irish rugby we have today as well. So, And now comes the pretty fun much, part. Yeah we're going to choose what we collectively think are the top three greatest modern Irish sporting moments. Um, I I would just like to stick my neck out for Robbie Brady and that goal against Italy. No, absolutely not. No, no, that was... It was was, was, was Italy's B team. Wait, but yeah, exactly. It's you're acting, you're acting as if Italy's B team still isn't the world-class team. They aren't. It is not a world class team. I think they might have been seven seven not a world class starting team. up front for them. I mean that that's not a world class team. It will... <laughs> so that's McGrath. That's that's I just don't even don't even but try it was, that it, no When way. he scored, I wasn't how, happy. How were you I wasn't not happy, happy when he scored. No, I, was I think relieved. it was, it was, was a fantastic relieved. moment. But it would have been embarrassing if I didn't win. Can I just say some of the some of the people that started that Italy team and tell me if they're not world class? Barzagli, Benucci, Ogbonna, Florenzi, uh, Thiago Mota, Chiro Immobile, Bernadeschi. Who? Who? Don't who? act like you don't know who, who? they are. They, they are. Who? I mean, I Bernadeschi no and no Ogbonna, shots. you're clutching at straws there. I, I, with Ogbonna, yeah, I am a bit. But like, 
We had we had Richard. We had Richard. I don't. Why are you arguing? Because it was such a fantastic goal. It was it was the dying minutes of the game. Wes Houlihan had missed a sitter. Okay. It was it was. For me, it's Ireland versus New Zealand 2019, World Cup 2002, and Six Nations 2018. I'm not uh, sure what I wouldn't really have the I World Cup in there. I would also the fact that Roy Keane yeah. left early will always be seen as a sense of what could have been, um, rather than what was. But quarterfinals is still what was. But it could have been better. Okay, but it's never been close to that since. So, it's it's still a legendary moment. You don't even have to, like I said, this is a moment. This isn't like the year. So the moment when Ireland won the round of 16 and got through to the quarterfinals, I think that moment is is why is one of the best in, in the last 20 years. I don't, I don't know. We'll, um, we'll decide on our third place first. So what I think, are we saying I, think going third? I, I would like to put, if, if you're wrongfully putting Robbie Brady's call out, I will put, I will, I will volunteer the women's uh, hockey team just because they were one of, they were, the, I think they were the least favorite to win. They had a, uh, they had the lowest play, paid players. Actually, were they even paid? I I don't even they know. Like no, it was it's, uh, it's more or less an amateur no sports funding. in Ireland. They were going up yeah, against so professionals. To be fair, they, they that paid. They paid their own way. The final there. were nearly fully professional. They they paid their own way to the competition. Well, I, they, I'm sure Hockey Ireland gave them a bit of support. Uh, I actually, I actually, I actually don't think they did. I think they did have to pay their own way there. I think someone was telling me once. Like it was a few years ago now, so I might have that wrong, but I'm pretty sure they paid their own way there. That, that is a strong they, allegation against Hockey Ireland. They, yeah, it is. <laughs> and it's a disgrace they didn't get paid at all. We apologize to any representatives of Hockey okay. Ireland that are listening. No, we don't. If, f- the, inform- if the facts provided in this podcast are incorrect. But anyway, I think that it was such an achievement for them to do what they did. And I think, yeah, the penalty shootout against Spain, it had, it had every Irish person celebrating it. So I think. That that should go in number three. Yep, agreed. Okay, number two. Let's see. I think I, the 2018 Grand Final. Shane Long versus Germany ahead of that. Okay, now if we're not having, I know that goal sent us to the Euros, but Robbie Brady's goal kept us in it. But I, Shane Long's one, it, one was at home. It was a, it had a packed Aviva. The crowd were going mental. It was. I mean, they were going mental in France can, can as we well, just... but it was just the atmosphere was something else. Wait, I'm confused. I'm confused. You guys are saying that the goal to send us to to get us into the Euros, you're saying that this moment is better than us winning the round of sixteen of the World Cup. You, I, I don't understand. This is we're a qualifying game to, to get into the Euros. But, but that World Cup, and you guys are saying that this is an underperformance. Germany were and the yeah, best Germany team were the, the, the reigning though, World they? Cup champions. They yeah, but that's they they literally went no to no shit. they had they yeah, weren't they weren't they, they, they haven't talked shit at that point. They were they, they, they were still a very it, strong team. I, uh, I, I think that, that I was him. No, I don't think I don't think I think if Shane Long, I think if Shane Long's if Shane Long's goal is getting in and Robbie Brady's isn't, it's a disgrace. How are you putting these two like like fucking Euros games that are in like the group stages and the qualifiers respectively ahead of out of the quarterfinals? I believe it or not, I I I actually watched that World Cup, so I've got I've got no fondness (laughs) of it because I don't remember it. We we don't have a hope of doing. Okay, you know what? You know what? We'll we'll chuck one of the Olympians. We'll chuck one of the Olympians in. I say we the, just stick Katie, Katie Taylor. Taylor the, how many Irish I, people upon him? I think how we many are Irish probably overlooking yeah. the significance of Katie Taylor's achievement. No, no, because I, I said it. I said it earlier. Okay. I think Katie Taylor's is the second best because 
Honestly, honestly, to get to get look, I'll just agree with whatever fucking McGrath or Luke agrees. Just to get get this over quickly, because this is just going to take. We all have completely different opinions, so <laughs> I think I think we'll just agree. We this is a good idea, but I think we just agree to disagree in this case, and, and let the, let the, let the listeners decide uh, decide who, who's, whose opinion is right. Yeah, um, you know, I think we we do want to avoid having right, a, a two hour special this week, so we'll we'll put okay, the listeners. Right, you know what I'd say. In my opinion, so let's, let's Katie, move Katie over Taylor to my favorite part of the oh my God. Grand Slam. Yes, McGrath, thank you. Okay, that's, that's <clears> so it is, Well done, it is, <laughs> it is time now for the exercise of the week presented by Ushin. Yeah, I mean, last week we went for something a bit out of the ordinary or not too mainstream. Uh, an exercise that a lot of people don't do because it's core and core is kind of filthy. Um, so this week, you know, we're going to go back in back into the spotlight. Uh, this is an exercise that I'd say everyone has heard of. And if you haven't, you need to, to get out of your living under a rock. Um, and that, this exercise is called the bench press. Has no, anyone no, heard of it? I think, anyone, anyone? think maybe. Never. What's a bench press? Well, that's a great question, Aiden. <laughs> Basically, you lie on a bench and with a barbell or a dumbbell, but preferably barbell, or it's kind of called dumbbell bench press, you, you lower the barbell onto your chest and then press it back up, uh, which builds up your pectoral muscles, your anterior deltoid, that being your shoulder, and your triceps. Um, and it's a bench. It's a it's an exercise that a, a lot of the people, you know, it's known for people. You know, they skip legs, hit bench, hit biceps. But that's if you're listening to this, and I hope that that isn't you. Okay, bench press is part of a balanced workout, upper and lower body. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's a great exercise to to build your upper body. Uh, and speaking of of strength and and strength sports, perhaps um, a few of the listeners might know that um, world's ultimate strongman happened not too long ago. Yes, please en- ago, enlighten us. In Bahrain, well, fifteen of the strongest men in the world went to compete head to head with Alexei Novikov. Now, this this is okay. Alexei Novikov. There's something you need to understand. This guy's twenty four years old. He's from Ukraine, and he's like. 20 30 kilos lighter than everyone else but he's just so insanely strong it's ridiculous his youtube channel is called beard of success by the way if you're interested uh, it's not very popular <laughs> for some reason <laughs> um but he just absolutely obliterated everyone he's just a machine i mean his, his arms are, are are like hydraulic presses it, it was ridiculous i think he won basically he came first with 70 points with the next person uh, i believe was a jeff Caron. With only with fifty eight points, and, and how, uh, much, how much did he have to huge. spend on his steroids, or did he have a sponsor? Uh, strictly, the world's ultimate strongman is actually uh, and no peak performance enhancing drugs. I mean, so so is every Everyone there is juice. Yeah, everyone there is absolutely juiced to the gills. So yes, he's he's definitely on steroids, but that doesn't take away from his insane strength, static and dynamic power. Um, unfortunately, Stomp- Tom Stoltman didn't have a great day. He was seen as the future of, of strong or a strongman, and he came eighth or something with his older brother, Luke, coming in fourth, which is a great achievement for him. Um, also competing was uh, Rob Kearney. Um, he's known predominantly for being an ambassador of uh, LGBT. He is a gay strongman, something you don't hear about too often. Um, so he's, he's a great ambassador for that. World's Strongest Gay is, is what he's known on, <laughs> on YouTube. And, uh, which is which is fair. He is the world's is, strongest uh, gay person. Um, anyway, I don't. I could go on for for a lot longer. But well, I don't, yeah, I don't we'll, we'll the, leave the it viewers. there on the so, strongman um, front. 
And a quick word on the Premier League uh, with the North London Derby last Sunday. Oshin, I understand you're oh, yeah, quite an interest in it. Oh, Jesus, yeah. Uh, yeah, North London Derby, Arsenal versus uh, Tottenham scumbags. Um, and it was, it started off in quite a dire fashion with the cheeky fucker Eric Lamella oh, getting a beautiful goal uh, through the legs of Thomas Party, tucked into the corner. It's no, completely. Could it no, no, no a serious question. Could it be up for the push pass award? <laughs> Um, oh, it's, it's a good question anyway that scumbag Lamella that scumbag Lamella he got what was coming to him with uh, two yellow cards but the he Lamella special well, he deserved it um, yeah so he yeah, he came on as a sub scored and got sent off uh, first one uh, for a tackle where he left a trailing leg scumbag and the next one I thought the second one was smack on the face yeah a, I thought so as well I think uh, Bellerin was the was second one was the one where, he, where wait, but he's one, very much he's I, I Lamella's oh, done it a straight arm. Where he's well, look, as United anyway, fan, I think so, it's justice for what he did to Martial earlier in the season. Yeah, Ireland or Arsenal were absolutely dominating that match. Smith Rowe and Tierney masterclass performances, uh, which then led to the uh, Odegaard goal, quality goal. Just Arsenal just just dicking on them on on the left wing. Gareth Bale didn't know what was happening. He wasn't going back and defending. Um, then obviously the penalty. Giving Arsenal two one clear day penalty, no doubt about it. As some people were saying that it was shouldn't have been a penalty, but you know, they uh, they obviously don't know what they're talking about. Clear penalty. Uh, your man sized Lacazette down, and Lacazette converted the penalty in usual world class fashion. And it was actually extremely funny. Uh, I was watching later on match of the day, and Alan Shearer. No, sorry, it wasn't. It was uh, Jermaine Jenis and Martin Keown are doing the analysis. And Jermaine Jenis, little little scumbag, little rat, like a bit of respect for a legend such as Martin Keown, a legend. And Jermaine Jenis, just a little, the little, little rat legend. in the air, just saying, no, he's not a legend. He's a little sc- uh, like Martin Keown is like fifty. He's just such a nice guy. He's just he's just, he's just like legendary status. Jermaine Jenis, just this guy who he's all he thinks he's all sleek, think he's all cool. He's just a little snake though. He's just constantly in the if air, I were, just, just if I was there, saying, if I was saying, Tom put something in and saying, oh, Oshin, I'd say you have a vendetta against him. Jermaine Jennings is going to hear this if we're going to be into yes, Scott, Jermaine uh, Jennings, we sincerely apologise. But he was, yeah, he was just saying Tottenham were robbed. Um, also, Mourinho was extremely the yeah, and a big, at the end. Last question. Point. In the how, how, did, how, how did Auba play? Yeah, he was... Oh, that, that, that uh, didn't was stop that you last was, week. That, that didn't stop you last week. Um, so I just thought I'd ask it again, just in case you wanted to say yes, it. Yes, I mean, l- last, uh, last time out, Oshin uh, declared that... Um, Aubameyang had a fantastic game playing seven he, minutes he off, played seven seven minutes, off the bench. But he played. He, those are an influential seven minutes. Okay. When the game was pretty much one at three, one up, and he did not score, did not assist. He saw it out. He saw it out. He saw the game out. That's, that's a great that, leader. That says a lot about captain. Arteta's tactics, bringing on uh, a forward for the last seven minutes to see out the game. Yeah, it's a ballsy yeah. tactic, and that's, that's what he is. And... Um, also, Aubameyang's a ballsy man, you know. He knew that, that he knew that bringing on the big, big balls of Aubameyang would scare Leicester. They wouldn't even dare attack because they'd be afraid of the counter coming right back. Uh, and another uh, big talking point we brought it to at the top of the show is uh, Chris Wilder leaving Sheffield United. Uh, as Oshin explained, uh, the owners of Sheffield United wanted to appoint a director of football for the club, and Chris Wilder refused. Um, I mean, Wilder's big money signings have all flopped so far. He can't seem to find a striker. McGraw, what do you think? Um, 
Well, I think he brought in Ryan Brewster from Liverpool over the summer, who, who a record signing, record signing for them. He did get the golden boot in the uh, Young Lions World Cup win. Um, and I do think he just needs time to kind of get used to the Premier League. He got one. I don't know how many got at Swansea, but I think he got a couple. Uh, and I think it's just unfortunate, really, for Chris Wilder that it's it's not really his fault because you can kind of see some of his tactics coming through, and he's obviously Pep praised him heavily. Which I think you don't know no, he just wouldn't do for anyone. So I think Chris Wilder does have something there, and I think it's he's not over in the Premier League. Yeah, I could see him going to Scotland for a few years, maybe with Celtic. They're looking for a new manager at the minute, and then maybe doing a Brendan Rodgers on it and coming back and taking over maybe I don't know Crystal Palace or someone and being like a mid. I mean, when team. you look at when you look at his signings, the amount of money he spent on them, you know, he had at least me say last season. Again, like you said, he had Bruce this season. Uh, Ollie McBurney as well, I think the the uh, when they were promoted, you know, I mean, you can't leave a manager in there directing transfers when he's getting, he's wasting forty, fifty, fifty million pounds. But how much? How much can that be blamed on the manager? Like, like well, I mean, it could be like obviously the club wanted to fix it by bringing in a director of football. Yeah, I mean, but if he refuses to, if was... uh, Wilder refuses to accept it. But it can always it can always be tough for a, a striker coming into the Premier League, especially like a young lad like Brewster. At uh, least Musa is not the biggest fella. Uh, McBurney, he's just I don't think he's a very good finisher. And I think their best uh, has been McGoldrick this season and last. But well. I mean, maybe maybe it's um, it's a case of the people who he's signing. I mean, Musa, Brewster, they're very young. He would have been better off going for sort of a journeyman striker who he wouldn't have lit the league up, but he would have gotten them a consistent, you know. Maybe ten, fifteen goals, like a, almost like a Callum Will, a Callum Wilson type. Who, uh, yeah, exactly. Doing well at Newcastle despite being in a Newcastle. Even team. Troy Deeney, who went down with Watford. Yeah, I there's it's tough. It's tough for him. Like I, I'd like to see him at Celtic. I'd like to see how he would do at Celtic, and I, I feel like he'd fit in there. I think he'd fit the system. Um, Chelsea played out a nil-nil draw with Leeds, but uh, it was <clears throat> Thomas Tuchel's tenth game unbeaten in the Premier League since he arrived. They've had they've conceded two goals in those ten games. Aiden, I mean, what do you make of what he's building at Chelsea? The sort of the mean defense that he has there. You know, can you see them losing? Well, I, I did think it it was a bit strange. It was a sorry, it was a bit strange when they sacked um, Lampard. Frank. It was a bit strange when they sacked Frank Lampard, yes. Chelsea legend Frank Lampard. Man City legend Frank Lampard. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he's done a great job so far. I didn't think he was going to set the world alight, but it appears he's um, just keeping them trucking along at the moment. Do you think, does um, that say something about Lampard? Jet- in that the players have pretty much all stayed the same. The only change is in the manager's position. And all of a sudden, they're in great form. Yeah, I think Lampard probably should have had a managerial job before because he was just coaching. Yeah, he Derby did one, well. one stint at Derby, didn't get from came sixth, didn't get promoted, and then got the Chelsea yeah. job. Nearly should have had a a little bit more development or something like. Let's let's be honest. That's what Liverpool are doing with Steven Gerrard at the moment. Like he'll be Liverpool yeah. manager in five years, let's say. <laughs> But uh, they they should have given Lampard a little bit more time to develop because the um, but it, it almost felt like when so they far, I think oh, they had such brilliant signings at the start of the year 
they had such brilliant signings at the start of the year, and Lampard just couldn't get anything out of them. Right. I was gonna say, I was gonna. I think it's a bit I mean, unfortunate for Frank, just because Timo Werner, I think, missing those goals could have probably saved his uh, hit, saved his job. Um, and the fact that like Frank Lampard had done so much for the club, I think he was just disrespected by being sacked, and I, I don't like how they treated him. What's his name? Abramovich yeah. doesn't does care. He's just fucking money. Money talks. Like Fantastic. Well, that is all we have time for this week. Thank you for joining us on the About a Ball podcast. You can find us on Instagram at About a Ball podcast and on Twitter at About a Ball one. Uh, we will see you next week. Thanks. Well done, lads. Thank you.